0: The light on the
1: dark side of me.
0: Love. La! <laughs> <laughs> so I literally just arrived home from my trip in Romania. Like walked in the door from the airport, came upstairs, sat down, called you instead.
1: <laughs> so we have a little bit of a scheduling snafu this week, wherein Mike obviously just got back from vacation. Um, I'm going to be indisposed the tail end of the week for reasons that are not important. And so this was the best, well, maybe the best possible time for the two of us to record. We're recording a little bit earlier than normal on a Tuesday. And so Mike being the professional podcasters that he is, just as he said, came home, walked in the door, sat down, started talking. So if, if, listeners you hear snoring it's because mike has fallen asleep from his long day of travel how long was the flight or were the flights
0: the f- it was only one flight on the way back and it's only like three and a half hours it's not a long flight but it's just you know you you kind of oh yeah the, the day is consumed by the travel right
1: oh yeah and you'd feel disgusting after having stepped foot in an airport for more than four minutes well, at least i do anyway like, I, I get there, or I get to wherever I'm going, and all I want in the world is to shower. And usually I don't until, you know, that evening because then it'll just throw everything off. But, oh God, when I leave an airport, I just want, I just want like to peel my entire outside of my skin <laughs> off of my body. Uh.
0: Well, today, well, I, uh, something I re- realized when I arrived in Heathrow Airport was that I didn't feel really tired, which I usually feel when mm-hmm. I'm at Heathrow Airport. Mm hmm. Because I'm usually coming off a long haul. Right? right,
1: like a red eye oftentimes, right?
0: Yeah, or just anything, you know, like mm-hmm. any eight-hour flight will make you feel tired no matter when you left for it.
1: Oh, yeah. Uh, do you find Heathrow to be a good uh, airport, or do you find it to be deplorable or somewhere in the middle?
0: I really like Terminal 5, where I was today. hmm That's mainly where British Airways... I think British Airways pretty much ultimately and exclusively operate from there. Um mm-hmm. And I really like that part of the airport when I'm there. The whole airport's pretty good, but Terminal Five is a favorite of mine.
1: Yeah, I haven't been there in uh, years and years and six years, but my recollection of it was that it was a nice airport and uh, reasonably easy to get the tube out of there and into, the, you know, London proper.
0: Which is yeah, excellent. we got the Heathrow Express, which is a fifteen-minute fast train, um, takes you into central London. Nice. And then we had to come back out from there. But here I am, excellent. made it.
1: Well, I appreciate you being such a professionals. I appreciate uh, Adina for letting me steal you from her at the very end of the vacation. I know that's not what probably she wanted either, and I appreciate that.
0: I think she actually she did actually say that she was looking forward to an hour or two on our own. <laughs> <laughs> Make of that what you will. I suppose.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Um, how was vacation? Now, you were visiting her family where mm-hmm. English is not the generally spoken language at her house. Is that correct?
0: That is completely correct. So
1: yes. how was vacation and how did you handle the language barrier this time? Any differences? Did you have a few new vocab words to impress the family with? How'd it go?
0: I had no new words. Um, Adina's mom had lots of new words.
1: Oh, for you, you mean?
0: Yeah, she takes a Duolingo English test every day.
1: That's awesome. Because of you or just are or, or you just kind of like another reason of the many reasons to learn?
0: Well, I I no, it would be mainly because of me. Like she's got to this I assume. Like she's got to this point in her life and she hasn't needed it, it mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so that, you know, it was really nice. It's really nice cuz she has a few more words. She understands a little bit more about what I'm trying to communicate. Mm-hmm. It's nice. Uh the Duolingo other the other way around course, mm-hmm. uh Romanian for English speakers. That's actually pretty imminent. Like June, July is when that course is going to launch. So, oh, excellent. Okay, and then, I will then be taking that every day.
1: That's awesome. Is that the way Duolingo works? Is that you're supposed to do like a few minutes or a half an hour or whatever every day?
0: Yeah, something like that. There's like daily tests or some something. I'm not 100 percent sure how it works. I just know that it's something along those lines.
1: That's very cool. That that's really adorable that she's doing that for you.
0: It is. It 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 makes me embarrassed uh, because I don't. I have nothing new to contribute. (laughs) And also there's this thing that happens, right? So then whenever I do use one of the very few Romanian words that I know, a little bit of a fuss is made about it every time, which makes me super embarrassed to use them at all.
1: (laughs) A fuss in a good way or a fuss in like the, oh God, what have you done way?
0: In a good way, like oh, look at you know, like he said such, such and such. Like mm-hmm. I might like so say somebody would give me something mm-hmm. instead of saying thank you, I say "molsumesk," which is thank you. Mm-hmm. And if ever I do it, and a dean's in the room or a mum's in a room or whatever, they're kind of just like, oh, look at it, you know, like because <laughs> they think it's so cute and they're so happy that I used the word. Then, then I don't want to use it. The yeah, so. I can understand that. Um,
1: Oh goodness! But it was good vacation. Did you relax? Were you able to see anything different and new? Or
0: it was really relaxing. We didn't really do much. Um, That's good. Which was super nice. Uh, what this time? Um, this time, basically during the times you know the the hours or as it was in some instances, especially on the first day, that Adina and her family were talking. Uh, I just. I just sat and worked or did things on my phone on my iPad in the room, and and everybody was like fully aware of the fact that you know like he's not everybody nobody thought I was being rude. We all knew this was what I was just going to do, mm-hmm. just so they could just talk and not without have to, like, needing translate. to consider me or translate for me, and that actually worked out real well. I think for everyone involved because oh, I was there, um, I was interacting where needed, and but I was also not having to completely take myself away from work because uh this was more i th- originally anyway it was more going to be a-, a holiday for a dinner to go visit a family and i was going to go with her but i could never it was never f- intended for me to not do any work during this period of time mm-hmm. just because i've just got back from a trip and i'm about to go on another one in two weeks um, mm-hmm. that I, you know, part of me doing this was like, I'm going to take my stuff with me and I'm going to be doing some work and everyone was totally cool with that. I was just hanging out in the room and then, but we had an agreement that on Saturday and Sunday, her brother, uh, Adina's brother and, uh, his wife were coming and I wasn't going to do any work during that period of time, which I didn't really. So well, that, I think that's healthy and they do speak English. So, oh, excellent. Yeah, that made that, you know. I just had like a day or two of silence. (laughs)
1: Fair enough. Is that, that, but that sounds like it was actually somewhat, maybe not refreshing, but refreshing. You know, it was was
0: fine for me. mm -hmm. You know, Uh, I I like these days. I like to try and take time for silence where I can. Mm -hmm. Just because I've, maybe over the last six months or so, I've just recognized damage to my voice, my vocal cords. Mm. Um, and how easily I can do that. And sometimes <laughs> just <laughs> talking too much. Like, so last night, um we were in Bucharest. Uh, so we were in Adina's hometown. Then we went to Bucharest. And we were with friends in Bucharest. And we were, you know, hanging out, having a few drinks and chatting. And I can feel the stress of that conversation like the the three hours that we were all laughing and joking and shouting and whatever you do when you're in a big group of friends right i can feel the stress of that plus the travel on my vocal cords right now so any time for silence that i get is is a good thing these days
1: (laughs) fair enough next thing you know you're gonna have like the the special tea ritual or whatever and like the vocal warm-ups every time you uh oh i
0: guess i should do that stuff and and some people send me great links for these things which i'm collecting and and think you know i've considered like should i maybe go for some coaching like some vocal mm. coaching i don't know yes i probably should because this is the way that i earn my living but um it's just one of those things where it's like yeah but i've also got to learn romanian yeah you know? <laughs> yeah it's like you know you put these things on your list and you're like yeah I've, I've got to do all of these uh but i'll get around to them eventually all
1: right excellent so any other thoughts about vacation or you you good
0: Yes, but it, I have I have some fun we'll talk about in a little bit. All
1: right, excellent. Um, we should probably do some follow up. Um, that was just it was super pertinent information to start the show off with, and uh, this is probably going to be a little bit of a short show because of that scheduling snafu. Um, we both have to run um, relatively quickly, so we might motor through these topics a little quicker than normal. But uh, we'll be
0: back next week. Wait, what? Say goodbye, Casey List. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah,
1: I thought you were serious. I was like, wait, what? <laughs> oh God. All right, we'll have to fix that post because that uh, that made a lot. more more sense to you than it did to me even though mm-hmm. it, even though it was a no it was a good joke i just ruined it mm-hmm. anyway all right so let's do some follow up so i went to a concert a while did. ago you mm-hmm. did you
0: did what was this concert I went to see Mute Math.
1: So uh, those, of you, those of you who have followed me anywhere and have known that I talk about Mute Math from time to time, and I uh, pretty much uh, are obsessed with them. And they're my favorite band at the moment. I even did an episode of Inquisitive with uh, this really, really good uh, British podcaster, Mike Hurley. I don't know if you ever heard of him. Um,
0: episode number 55.
1: Excellent. Uh, w- where I forced uh, your friend and mine, Mike Hurley, to listen to uh, their Armistice Live album, And so uh, Mute Math was playing in a uh, small-ish venue here in Richmond, and I went to the concert, and it was amazing, and that's all we need to talk about.
0: No, it's not.
1: (laughs) Right. So one of the things that Mute Math is doing on this tour, which they're in the midst of as we speak, is that for a lot of the shows, if not all of them, you can pay, I think it was like 25 bucks, whatever it was, it was not very much money, Um, and you can get access to the soundcheck.
0: That's and, a ridiculously small amount of money,
1: right? And it's twenty five bucks a person, I think. But still, it's absurdly cheap. And what that entails is, you know, they they do their regular sound check for the most part, and then they allow up to, I think, like twenty five people in for the last two songs of the sound check, and you get to be there with twenty five other people, listen to a couple songs, then they. Take the the band leaves they take you on the stage and you get some time with the tour manager to talk about the equipment if you're into that sort of thing and you know any, any other questions you might have and then as you leave the venue, you get to they they are doing a brief meet and greet, and so you get to meet the band so Aaron and I went and I met mute Math. I met my favorite band, and they were exceedingly exceedingly nice and gracious despite the fact that I was impossibly awkward. And Mike put in the show notes, and I'm glad you did because uh, it reminds me of Reconcilable Differences episode 21, which was just a couple episodes back, where uh, John and Merlin talk about this very experience of meeting your heroes and what to do and what not to do. And that was running through my mind as I was being the most awkward human in the world and I could not stop myself from being the most awkward human in the world. And the problem was... I really wanted them to sign a few things, which they were happy to do. They didn't blink an eye. They were happy to do it. I think they expected that to happen. But there's four of them. There's one of me. Erin was there, but she knew this was kind of like my moment. And so she was just kind of hanging back and let me do my thing. But I'm trying to, like, collect all their signatures on the, actually, the insert from the Armistice Live um, CD. I also brought a photo printer with us. And so uh, we took a couple of pictures on our phones and then uh, of the sound check, and then printed a couple of these pictures right then at the sound check they're the, they're these little stickers that are maybe i don't know three or four inches wide by like two inches tall, and printed a couple of them, and I had them sign the the those who were in the shot I had sign the those stickers and um and so I'm trying to like collect these signatures while i'm trying to talk to them, and it was just so awkward because I was so. Obsessed with like capitalizing or not obsessed, but I was so preoccupied with capitalizing the time to like collect these signatures, which will probably never happen again. And I didn't let myself enjoy the moment of meeting these people that were like super nice and super kind and super gracious. And I'm so glad I got to do it. It was amazing. The sound check was amazing. Meeting them was amazing, despite the fact that I am the most awkward human alive. The concert was amazing as always, but, oh God, what I wouldn't give to be able to do all of it over again. Uh, but we did get a great shot with um, Aaron and us, or Aaron, Aaron and me and the band, and, um, and I will cherish that pretty much forever and that memory forever. And so uh, I really appreciate Aaron getting me the tickets to do all this. Um, we also rented a... Um, a lens for, for our big cameras that I could take in so I could get, like, some really great shots of the band. I uh, let you do that? Well, as we're standing outside, um, a security guard came out of the venue before we were even in the venue to say, does that lens detach from that camera? Yep. Yeah, you're not going to be able to use that in there.
0: Yeah, you can't use detachable lenses. Great.
1: Well, I looked on the on the website for the venue, and it didn't say a thing about it. And yeah,
0: that's just the thing you can't do. Well, right? well it turns out, but you know why it is, right?
1: Well, because I th- no, actually, I don't know.
0: They have a photographer. Yes, yeah, so that's it.
1: Well, so what? I want to I
0: take know, a picture. I know it's ridiculous. I'm not saying it's the reason. Maybe somebody can know a better reason than that. Maybe there's something. But like I've had, um, I, I when I used to go to a lot of concerts as a younger guy. I've had people tell me I couldn't use just a digital camera. Good grief. This yeah. was all before smartphones really had good cameras in them, though. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. like now there's nothing you can do. Yeah,
1: totally. So anyway, but they were super nice, and it was really cool. Oh, and I forgot to mention. So um, if you haven't seen Mute Math live during this tour but do have tickets, I'm about to spoil a special treat during the tour. So I don't know, like fast-forward a bit, or maybe if we remember we'll put in a chapter marker. But – um One of the things that that Darren the drummer, who is my favorite of the band, does during this tour is for one of the songs, he takes these gloves. They're like really big gloves like you would use when you were welding or something. And they have wires coming off of them and a whole bunch of LEDs on the back of them. And so what he does is he takes four of these gloves from the drum kit into the audience and has four random people in the audience put on one of the gloves. You know, so there are four people, one glove per person. He then has you hold your hand up like you're going for a high five. And when he high fives you, that's connected to a MIDI controller that makes a drum noise. So you are if you're one of the lucky few to be to have this glove on hold your hand up he is doing a high five drum solo it is the coolest and most weird thing in the world and as he smacks your glove the glove will light up and so you, you know even the back of the crowd can sort of understand what's happening so during the sound check Aaron and I each had a glove on so I was the one of the drums if you will for Darren King who is one of my favorite musicians in the world how freaking cool is that
0: you didn't mind uh being used like a drum
1: nope not a bit it was amazing and i did not get video of it unfortunately because both aaron and i were being drums but uh if i remember i will put in the uh, put a link in the show notes to our night when he did the same thing at the actual concert in which case i wasn't one of the drums um but we it it can show you kind of the experience, except that's with, you know, a few hundred or a couple thousand people there when it was when we were doing it, it was all of 25 of us. But man, it was so cool. And and he was super nice and funny. and Everyone was just awesome. And it was funny because this Armistice Live album that I brought for all four band members to sign, it occurred to me after we were already at the venue that the guitarist that was on that album had since been replaced. And so I said to their current guitarist, Todd, I was like, yeah, sorry, I'm gonna have to ask you to sign this, but, uh, I didn't even think about it until after we left the house. And he was super nice about it and laughed. And He's like, oh, I've done it a thousand times. Don't worry about it. But I felt kind of bad that I'm like, hey, here, sign this album that you had nothing to do with. <laughs> but like, huh. but they, were, uh, they were super nice. And, and I, I was so thankful for it. And, and again, I th- thank you so much, Aaron, for getting me the tickets and for getting me the camera lens I wasn't able to use because I'm a moron. Um, it, it was amazing. And I'm so, I'm so, so thankful for it.
0: I'm pleased you had a good time, and I'm pleased that the soundcheck thing worked out to yeah. be an incredibly good deal.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, I would have paid five times that, mo- that money to be able to do what we, what we did. And, uh, yeah, no doubt. It, it was very cool. Moving on. Um, Daniel LeMay wrote in uh, just a couple of days ago, and he had a few things to talk about. And one of the things he said was as follows. On a different note, in in relation to the ongoing topic of engaging with negativity on Twitter and elsewhere, Todd Henry released a podcast episode with Jay Baer, author of Hug Your Haters, with some interesting perspective and ideas. I thought you might be interested in it, and it's a short episode. at 16 minutes. We'll put a link in the show notes for this. Mike probably hasn't had the chance to hear this because I didn't tell him that we were going to talk about this today. Um, I just wanted to call out a couple of things that were in this podcast that I thought were really interesting. And I absolutely encourage you, if you find this topic interesting at all, to spend the 16 minutes and listen. Um, This uh, Jay Bear guy had a few interesting points. He said, if you're ever, or what he tries to do for himself is, if you're ever talking back and forth with somebody online and you reply more than twice, take it somewhere private. Because no good is going to come from you going back and forth publicly it's just going to allow mm-hmm. other people to jump in you might make an ass of yourself this other person's probably probably doing the same for themselves it's no good never reply more than twice in a kind of hater situation which i guess i kind of subconsciously knew that that was probably a good idea and i think you and i mike have talked about this plenty and i think you've said this to me before but i don't know to hear somebody just say never reply more than twice I thought that was a really to
0: put a number limit on it like right, that is, right. is a really good idea
1: exactly and so I'm going to try to take that under uh, under advisement and try to do that more often and or I guess stop replying more than twice. Um, he also had a couple of interesting ideas. He said there are two types of haters and what he called on stage and off stage haters, and his his way of classifying them was hey if somebody's going to say twitter and saying i hate this episode of this podcast because you guys are wrong about everything that's kind of an on-stage hater and you have to treat them carefully because you know they're trying to get attention oftentimes they don't necessarily want the attention from you even when they tag you they don't really think that you're going to see it um which I think we've kind of obliquely talked about in, in prior episodes. But you have to be careful with that. And then there's the offstage hater, which is like the personal email just to you or a direct message just to you or a small group of people saying, hey, I really didn't like this, and here's why. And I just thought that was an interesting distinction between the two that, again, I, I'd kind of been aware of but didn't really – I didn't have a concrete thought about it like he had. Um, and then a couple other quick points. He, he said in so many words, kill them with kindness, which I'm trying to be better about. Rather than being like, hey, screw you, buddy, you know, be hey, you know, I- I'm a person, too, and that hurts my feelings. But you know what? I do appreciate the feedback. Um, and he also said, and I thought it was a great quote, and this is a direct quote, everyone is emboldened by the keyboard, which is absolutely true. I say stupid things I shouldn't when I'm behind a keyboard. Uh, Mike, I'm sure, does from time to time. Everyone does. And I thought that that was a really astute point. So. Like I said, if you have 16 minutes to uh, spare, definitely listen to this quick podcast. I thought it was really great. And thanks to Daniel for sending it in.
0: Yeah, there's, there's some good rules there. Um, I, I definitely agree. The Kill Them With Kindness one is so difficult. Oh,
1: God, yes. It's so, so difficult. But I do think it is the more mature, more adult approach, even if it's not the one I take all the time.
0: <laughs> yeah, I know. Like it, you know. And I say it to you, but... I mean, I think I was maybe, I fell victim to it a little the other day. Somebody said something to me that I didn't like. So I told them I didn't like it, basically. Mm-hmm. And there's that whole thing that I go through every time And as I'm going through it. I'm like, what is wrong with you? Why do you do this to yourself? Where it's like you reply and then you're like waiting for the reply to come back because you want to mm-hmm. give it to this guy one mm-hmm. more time. And it's like, this is just a terrible feedback loop. You're putting yourself in again. Like, what is wrong with you? Yeah. Yep,
1: I completely agree. Uh, Why don't you tell us about listener communities and uh, what Zach told us?
0: Yeah, so this is really cool. Uh, Zach wrote in to suggest uh, a really interesting kind of service called Discord. Are you familiar with this at all?
1: I've heard of it, but that is the extent of my knowledge.
0: So Discord is something that is mainly focused on the gaming community, so streamers and stuff like that. And it basically is meant to kind of be a replacement for Skype, what is called TeamSpeak and Ventrilo, which I don't know what they are, Um, and also kind of a little bit like Slack or a forum. Interesting. And it is like a full package that incorporates communication, so like we could talk in it, and people could listen to it. Uh, you could stream video games and that sort of stuff but also have live chat that goes on whilst the streaming's going on mm-hmm. and also like a li- like chat that goes on at any other time and really it looks a lot like Slack.
1: I was just about to say that. Like the picture on their on their website, I don't know, it's maybe halfway down or a third of the way down. It looks identical to Slack. Yeah. I mean it's 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 uncanny i mean it must be deliberate that that it looks so darn similar
0: so i'll tell you i'll tell you like i like the idea of this solution a one-stop shop to do everything like a place where there is somewhere that people could talk would replace the irc chat room and our live streaming solution like this is really interesting to me um, if I would have known, or if this would have existed when we set up Relay, I might have looked at it more seriously. Mm-hmm. It was like, hey, this looks like a really great way to do something. But I have two problems with it. Mm-hmm. One, it is really focused on gamers. Yeah. Like, yeah. all of their copy is about gamers. Like, their icon. Like, they are really focused on the gaming community. So, like, I don't know where the product will go, you know, in the future. Like, it's very focused on the gaming community. And two... I, I don't know if I would be that comfortable going all in on one One company in this way. Yeah, Like I can understand let's that. Let's say we, I mean, we could just say that we just used it for chat. That's fine. But really, this thing looks like it sings when you're using all of it. And... We could use a lot of it, you know. Like if we really wanted to go for it, um, it's free as well. Um, but they have a they have a kind of opaquely outlined business model of like <laughs> add-ons, which I don't really like so much. I wish they had like a pro tier or something. So there's a few things that just make give me pause for thought when I when I consider looking at a service like this. Uh, but it is really cool. And I'm very surprised that I haven't come across this until now. And I guess it's mainly because it's used by a, a, a different community to the one that I'm in. Like we, I don't do any let's play type stuff or game streaming, and that's probably why I've never come across it. But very interesting, very interesting solution to a, a big problem.
1: Yeah, that's that's a really good tip. I had not. I, I mean, I'd heard of this, but i know nothing about it. And uh, yeah, it does look interesting. I don't know. Do you think that it's worth you exploring, or do you think the ship has already sailed and and we're you're not going to want to try to bring it back to port? To kill this analogy,
0: I mean, I'm not. I'm. I have no intention of replacing Skype and the live chat and the live stream. Like, I, I don't need to replace those things. Mm-hmm. You know, as I said, like maybe if it would have been from day one, but like, there's nothing wrong with that solution. Right. The the nice car stream is and the icecast server is fine. IRC is fine. You know, like, it, whatever, like, it all works. Mm-hmm. None of it is broken. And if we switch to something like this, none of that stuff is really improved. Mm-hmm. Like, if there was a way, like, that we could just, with the flick of a switch, put them, put the the chat into the uh, iOS app, the RelayFM iOS app, then it might be more interesting to look at, but you right, can't right. do that. It's like, it's a walled garden, right? Um, So there isn't any desire for me to move to a system like that uh so i'm you know I'm not interested in it and plus i'm i'm still i keep going backwards and forwards and I'm still really not sold on a on a just in a community yet like it's not a mm-hmm. these are all really interesting things and it's making me think more right yeah yeah but i'm not um this isn't something like I'm running out to go and set up for tomorrow morning right mm-hmm. if we ever do it and i don't I still don't know if I feel like it's something I want. To do, and there's a really good uh, piece of feedback that came through from Keegan, which kind of put into thoughts some of my thinking about to put into words some of my thinking about the mem- a member community, like a Slack member community. So Keegan wrote in and said, but um, well, he wrote this great post about potential pitfalls of having a Slack or member community, and he spoke about a few different things. Uh, one about like the potential risk for uh, the hosts of Relay FM time wise uh, by having another inbox that they have to think about all the time, like as another place to check and, and how that could take our focus away from thing, other things that are important to our businesses and our lives, but this other little quote that I quite liked. Um, as soon as the podcast start referencing the online discussions during the podcast that are occurring inside of a member Slack or something akin to that, it's going to alienate any listeners who haven't been following along online, whether they're a member or not. Right now, any tweets or feedback from listeners can always be shared during the podcast and in the show notes so everyone is kept in the loop. That Just is a really good Very point. good point. Because you, so, like, if people get annoyed or frustrated or whatever or upset or feel left out when me and you mention a conversation we had in the Slack, right? to mm-hmm. Like our own Slack. Imagine how they would feel if there is a – all the feedback and all the discussion around the shows is happening in the Slack and then we're referencing it and people can't see it. Or even if they're a part of it, like, it's really difficult to go back and we can't really link to it very easily That's at right. all. So that is a problem. And then also there could end up being like a a weird feedback loop going on then mm-hmm. if, if we're putting the majority of our time into a community like that. Yeah, I, I'm starting to really feel like the communities that currently exist are already fine. I think you're right. Um... Because there aren't any real problems. This would just be a nice to have. And I feel like it could bring... New issues that don't currently exist, one of them the I guess the majority one the one that's really been bugging me is community management yep that's the one that's really been bugging me a lot um and and that that's the thing that's making me feel the most uncomfortable is having a place where people could be made to feel upset that belongs to me mm-hmm. that is something that I'm struggling to reconcile in my head
1: and even if it was like Uh, volunteer moderated maybe maybe the volunteers don't cover time-wise all all the entire day or maybe they don't have the exact same views that you have and it's just it it exposes you in a way that i don't think is reasonable to expect
0: the problem the inherent problem with moderation is that the problem is solved after the problem occurs
1: yeah that's a really good point too
0: Right, So someone's already made to feel bad, upset, alienated or something, and then that person can be kicked from, the the person who's been mean They've been kicked from the chat room, Mm -hmm. but it's too late. And I, I don't know how I feel about that, and that's something that I'm really struggling to reconcile. Like the IRC chat is bad enough, but it's really open, and it's something that exists, and it only exists during the shows, and it has a small group of people, by and large, that use it. Um, and you know we we've only had a few little problems in there over the over like the nearly two years we've been running it, but having this community which is occurring constantly twenty four seven, I don't know. I'm, strugg- I'm, I'm struggling. I'm struggling. I'm, I'm struggling to to weigh up the pros and cons and come out with something that really makes sense for me.
1: Yeah, I I agree with you. I mean, I think. I think I speak for you and and the rest of relay in saying that if there was this perfect world where everyone agreed to be polite and behave and and you know it was open to everyone and and you know it was something like a slack but but we wouldn't have to feel compelled to look at it yet we would have the time to look at it if we wanted to like the, if all of these stars lined up exactly right I think it would be awesome to have it but the problem is that's not reality and reality is that some people are jerks and that we don't have time to look at all this and that we don't want to have this feedback loop like Keegan was talking about and so I don't know it's just tough we we can I think we've probably covered all there is to cover on this topic so we'll probably not bring it up again, lest this become the whether or not <laughs> Relay should have a Slack podcast. But but I thought that, or and you thought that Keegan's point was really good, and I agree. And it did, like you say, put into words some of the things that I was thinking as well, even as just kind of a bystander in this whole conversation. Um, and so I appreciate Keegan writing that. And, and again, here's a great example of how this stuff works without the Relay Slack. You know, presumably that sort of a feedback would have happened in the slack if it if it had existed and instead it was put on on a blog post which is where i think it's much better off because we can link to it we can see it we can discuss it etc so
0: yeah yeah that was really good uh, i like that sort of stuff
1: yep all right mini topic for today
0: family tech support oh the worst with a caveat
1: okay <laughs> when you don't you don't share a language Oh yeah, that's that's a whole new kind of the worst. How did you get roped into that?
0: So, um, for, it was Adina's it's Adina's dad's birthday next week, but we were celebrating while we were there this weekend, and uh, we all clubbed together basically and bought him a new Nexus phone, the five mm-hmm. X. He was using a, a Samsung phone previously, and. He was really excited about it, and we were trying to get it set up for him. And one of the things that we were trying to do was to move his contacts from mm-hmm. one phone to the other. Mm-hmm. Now, I have uh, little experience with migrating Android phones. The experience that I've had in the past is, like, it's possible to migrate a bunch of the data, but it's not as clear-cut as migrating an iPhone. Mm-hmm. Um and that and I think that's partly because the territories are known what sure. you're moving to and from. Mm-hmm. And like we are moving from a Samsung S four mini, which is multiple years old, running an old version of Touchwiz onto a brand new stock Android device, right? Sure. So that you know, I said, like, you know, there are things that you can migrate. You can migrate these purchases and migrate, like, contacts and calendars and that sort of stuff, but it, it's not it's not super simple. So uh, Adina started to do some of it for him, and then she was struggling to get the contacts to move over, and she was going into the Google syncing se- settings and stuff like that. Um, and, I, and then I took a look at it and realized that the contacts that were on the old Samsung phone were being saved locally to the phone.
1: Mm, mm-hmm.
0: And so I pressed the settings icon after changing the language of the phone from Romanian, to <laughs> English. Um, and there was a there was a button that said, um, "like migrate or uh, switch or transfer." I think I mean transfer contacts to your Google account. So I pressed it.
1: Okay, so far so good.
0: Yeah, and it started doing something. It started spinning something. The long and short of it is, there was a spinner for like about two and a half days. Oh, God. Of trying to move the contacts, and none of the contacts mo- were moving. So oh. no contacts could be accessed. And this, this is one of the worst types of things that can happen is I, I, I did what I was supposed to do, but it looked like I messed it up. Right? Mm-hmm. Like That was all I could do was to press that button so I could transfer them to his Google account so I could sync them to his Google account and then just download them on the new phone. That is the way that that should be done. But in doing that meant that there were no contacts anywhere for two days. And Adina's dad was like, I'm just going to take it to the guy that I know at the orange store and he'll sort it out for me. And I'm sitting there thinking, "Ah, but I know what I'm doing. Right. Right. But he obviously, and I'm not surprised at this point, I don't think trusted me to get the job done. Because all I did was present him with no contacts on one phone and a spinner on the other.
1: Yeah, that that
0: stinks. Luckily, he had another phone. Mm -hmm. um, Like a a cheap Romanian-made Android phone that also had a copy of his contacts on and I believe, my understanding is, he took it to the Orange store and they did a transfer. But now he's manually going through them more because I don't think he trusts that the process will <laughs> be completed now. I understand that the spinner has stopped and the contacts are back on the Samsung phone as of today. Um, and I think that now if we could try and convince him to do a sync between the Google accounts, it would work. But I'm at this at the point now. Where I'm like, I don't want to get back into this because I think he may have forgotten that I kind of screwed everything up. So maybe I can just back away now. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, I just felt like, oh, God, like I just felt like I wanted to crawl into a hole and die. Right. Like I was like, oh, I can do this. Mm hmm. And then it's like, oh, I've ruined this. Here you go. Enjoy. Take it back.
1: Sorry about that. Oh, that's the worst. And then you're looking at Adina and telling her, can you apologize profusely for me? You know, Pretty much.
0: And I'm like, I'm sure it will work, but like, I don't know when. And oh. Oh, it's the, oh, God. That stinks. Family tech support is always difficult, but this was just one of those things where it was like, this is a system I don't really understand with like a million caveats. And I can't. I can't even personally explain to you what's going on here. Yeah.
1: It's funny. um, Pretty much. So my parents went all in on Apple not too long after I did. Um, My brothers, I think, have PC laptops, but both have iPhones. Um, Aaron's entire family, outside of Aaron, though, is all in on Android. Uh, Except her older brother who was all in on Microsoft because he's a little crazy that way, Um, including a Microsoft phone. Who knew that they were still a thing? But
0: He's the one person.
1: He is the one, the one that's left. Anyway, um, I started telling everyone, both sides of the family, not too long after I went all in on Apple, that I will be happy to do tech support for them on Apple products, which is obnoxious. I'll be the first to admit it. However... I quickly forgot everything I once knew about how to do tech support on Windows stuff, and I was tired of them not listening to me and this is both sides of the family when i said when I would say why don 't you buy a Mac? It will be much easier on you it 's very easy to use, yes, they're a little bit more expensive, but you 're saving that you 're saving so much time it 's worth it and inevitably, most of them ignored me, and I just said listen i don 't know how to troubleshoot this you know you 're going to have to talk to somebody else because I just don 't know how to do that anymore.' And my life got so much better after that. Oh God, it got so much better. And, and again, it is a little bit obnoxious on my part. And there were times where I would try, where I would fumble about and genuinely try to help people because they were desperate or there was a time crunch or what have you. But, um, but generally speaking, I do not do tech support for PCs and both sides of the family still accepting my parents constantly buy windows machines, constantly have problems and, and I, they come to me and they say, oh, this is broken again. This is broken. Well, why didn't you get a Mac? Well, I don't know. It's just it's so much money. Well, at least it works, usually. Uh, so I just, oh, God, it drives me insane. And I, you did the right thing by trying to help, I think. Like you were, this was kind of a lose-lose for you in this particular case. But, gosh, I'm so overdoing tech support for the family on stuff that I don't use from day to day.
0: If it was a Windows machine, like, and someone wanted me to help them, I'd say, like, I don't know what I'm doing here. Like, I might help you out just for the fun of the game, but, like, don't expect me to fix this. Mm -hmm. But the thing is with the Android stuff is I I do have a vague idea of knowing what I'm doing there. and, And, like, I maintain, like, I did the right thing. The phone just didn't want to do it. Right, right. Right, like if that process would have finished even within 20 minutes, the contacts would be on the other phone. I would have worked it out, but we had left before the spinner had stopped spinning. God, that's terrible! It sucks, sucks. So, just so embarrassing. It's like you just want to be swallowed up by the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously,
1: all right. So, let's uh turn that frown upside down. What's awesome these days?
0: IT Pro TV is awesome. Do you have a career plan set in motion? IT Pro TV is the service for you. And they are sponsoring this week's episode of Analog. Whether you're looking to start a career in IT, maybe you already work in the field, you're going to know or you were soon going to find out that certificates and credentials and all of this kind of stuff are key to getting a job or promotion in the field. Also, just staying up to date. And in keeping abreast of what's going on, especially in security and stuff like that, that's super important to know. And this is what IT Pro TV is all about. They are committed to providing education through engagement with up to date, high quality video content. They give you all of the tools that you need for certification with their thousands of hours of content, with 50 hours being added each week of great video content that's all streamed live. They have a chat room and you can watch them all live and then they polish them up and turn them into episodes and put them onto the web for you to consume maybe on your Chromecast, Roku, PC or iOS or Android device or even the new Amazon Fire TV and 4th Gen Apple TV. They have new apps there as well. And they say that, you know, they stream live and they edit it up and put it onto their website. That sounds like something... We're all a little bit familiar with. And that's <laughs> what I love about IT Pro T V, is their model is to create stuff that's kind of like just really awesome, engaging, informative, podcast-like materials, right? That's what they're doing. They create these great videos that you can go and check out. Their topics include Microsoft technology certification, so you can learn to do the tech support that me and Casey can't do, Apple certified support professional, ethical hacking. They now have new courses on Cloud Plus and Active Directory in Azure. They have Cisco ASA Express Security with Todd Lamley. They have Google Apps for Work Administrator, Google Groups of Business, and so much more. They have virtual machine labs and Transcender practice exams that usually cost over $109. All of this stuff is excellent. They have a one low monthly subscription price with a no-hassle-cancellation policy premium prescriptions normally fifty seven dollars a month or five hundred and seventy dollars per year but we have a special offer for you you can try it for free for seven days when you sign up using our code analog thirty to check out their courses live stream and more go to itpro.tv slash analog to upgrade your brain with the most popular it certifications if you're a working it pro this is the ongoing resource you need to keep your skills current as a reason why they're trusted by companies and organizations like Harvard, MIT, UCSD, Stanford, and more. You'll get thirty percent off the lifetime of your account when you use the code Analog Thirty at checkout. So that works out to less than forty dollars per month, or three hundred ninety-nine dollars for the year. They currently have CCMP security courses streaming live beginning March twenty-first. So they're streaming live right now, so you can go and check those out. Go to itpro.tv/Analog to find out more. Thank you so much to itprotv for their support of this show and Relay FM. All right, so let's relay some feels. Um, I love the sound of that.
1: This first relay of your feels is from a stunningly attractive gentleman named Casey. Um, it's for me. So you had said in the past that you used to go out to pubs or clubs or what have you um, when you were younger. Were you ever a smoker?
0: I have never been a smoker, no. So I have tried a cigarette, mm-hmm. and I didn't like it.
1: How old were you, roughly?
0: Uh, I probably was like nineteen or twenty. Okay. Um, I it was kind of just like had a few drinks. Uh, we we're all standing outside because my friends are smoking. What is that like? Do not like that. <laughs> um, the majority of my nightclub life was after the smoking ban in the UK.
1: Oh, interesting. And roughly when was that? Just give or take.
0: <sighs> I can't remember. I was I was probably about nineteen at the time. So. Coming on to 10 years, I mm-hmm. guess, mm-hmm. I, probably, is probably how long it's been. And, you know, the, the smoking ban was so great. I was actually in a nightclub on the, the last night of the smoking ban, which turned out to be a really weird good party. I, I can imagine. Why. Um, And the smoking ban was so good because you would come home then after that point from uh, going out on a night out and you'd get into bed. You'd wake up in the morning and your bed didn't smell like smoke. Yeah. Right, or you didn't Mm -hmm. have to like burn your clothes every time you came home. That was (laughs) one of my favorite things about the nightclub, the uh, the smoking ban being removed from nightclubs. But one of the weird after effects of it was realizing how bad nightclubs smell. Interesting. Okay. There was a time period for a few months where I think nightclub owners had to try and work out how to to tackle it because it's not really an issue now. Um, but yeah, nightclubs smell really bad when the, the the smell of smoke isn't covering up the regular smells of a nightclub. <laughs> <laughs> that's
1: fair. Were uh, your friends at this time – you, you said at least a couple of them were smokers. Was yeah, you, m-
0: most of my friends that's actually. That's what I was going to ask. My best friend who I used to go on all these nights out with, he was a smoker. So when the just sometimes just me and him used to go out together and I would have to make a choice like do I go outside with him or do I stay inside on my own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, not always on my own, of course, but. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how that works. Uh, but yeah, so I ne- was never a smoker. I will never be a smoker. It's just not something uh, that I'm interested in doing. Um, never have been.
1: Yeah, same here. I don't think I've ever even tried a cigarette. Um, I find, I, I don't think I'm unique in this way, but I find the smell of, of cigarette smoke really disgusting. Um, I hate when I smell like it. If I've been around smokers, mm-hmm. um, I can't sleep if I, if I smell like that. So, I mean, I tend to shower at night anyway, but I would absolutely shower no matter how tired I may be. If I've been to somewhere that, that allows smoking, it was maybe four or five years ago now that Virginia had enacted a ban, like what you're referring to. And, there are some places that do allow smoking inside because they claim that they have like dual ventilation systems or something. There's regulations around it. I forget what the specifics are, but I find that I don't tend to go to those places because they still smell like smoke, even though they're they're by the letter of the law doing exactly what they should be doing. Um, it's just disgusting to me. And and I mean, I'm, I'm, if you choose to smoke, that's certainly your prerogative. But it's also my choice not to be around it if I can help it. So. Anything else on uh or really Feels. Looks like we have a couple of more here.
0: Yeah, Jim would like to know, is there any chance that we will hear Aaron again on analog at any point <laughs> in the near future?
1: It's funny. Um Erin and I briefly talked about, you know, when we were when Mike and I were trying to figure out the schedule for this very episode, like should she jump in and and do one? And and it never got to the point between Mike and I that I even said anything to Mike because it we figured we could work it out and we were able to. Um I think if there was an impetus to do so maybe like i, I don't know if I, I can't imagine you sitting one out just for funsies you know like if it's one of those cases where you're going to be gone for a while and we just can't work out the timing then maybe she'll pitch hit, pitch hit um pinch hit good grief so maybe maybe she'll pinch hit um but i uh, sitting here now, I don't I don't foresee it happening. Erin um, does listen to Analog and is almost caught up. Um, she went through a drought during the winter because she wasn't um, out in the neighborhood walking Declan, which is when she typically listens to podcasts. Um, and so because of that, she was way behind. Well, now she's almost caught up. And the only episode she has yet to hear is the one that she was on because she's so scared to listen back to it. But uh, there will come a time that she's going to run out of stuff to listen to, and she'll have to. But, um I, I think it may happen sometime, but I don't think it'll happen unless there's a reason to, like, Mike is gone and we can't figure out a way to make it work.
0: Joe would like to know, Casey, is there any baby prep that you wish you had done or thought of before Declan came? Uh, Joe hmm. is a pen addict listener. He's a very nice guy. He is expecting a baby any day now oh
1: well congratulations then and uh, i hope uh mom and baby are yeah, maybe at this point doing well um if if or soon to be doing well um i can't think of anything in particular that i wish i had done um but i can tell you a couple things i'm really thankful to have done uh number one i'm really thankful that we got uh, a bigger camera something better than just our iphones our iPhones take great pictures and live photos has really ruined the big camera a little bit. Um, I still grab the big camera before I grab my phone, generally speaking, if I'm, if I have the time to and, and, and can, but, um, but having a big camera, the pictures that come out of that are better enough to justify the cost, to justify the weight, the bulk, et cetera. Um, the other thing that we did that I'm really thankful for is we really, heavily got into day one um they have not sponsored the show to my recollection um i've never received anything but a t-shirt from them um but i really really love that app it's a really great app and it's a it's like a diary sort of thing but it, it's, it's got plenty of, like, metadata about where you were, what the weather was, you know, was it a busy day for you because you walked a gazillion steps. And we would track things like, oh, the first time the baby kicked or you know, when, when when he was still sprout before he was Declan. And then once Declan became Declan you know oh he just took his first step or he just got his first tooth and and we've been doing that in day one and I'm really really thankful for it we've fallen off the wagon a little bit since he's been born because we've been so busy but we still make sure the major stuff gets in there and uh, I definitely recommend both of those I'm sure there's something that I didn't do that I wish I did but it's it's all such a darn blur that I can't think of it off the top of my head um Spencer writes in which songs do you absolutely have to sing when they come on and which lyrics do you always get wrong.
0: So I didn't think of any specific songs because I don't really I don't think I have any specific songs because I sing way too much to too many songs probably when I shouldn't like I just sing I if I'm in a car with people even if I only kind of know them and like we're listening to the radio I will sing along to that uh case in point being this weekend we took a, a car trip from adina's hometown to bucharest it's like a 6 or 7 hour drive and we were listening to songs all the way you know adina was being the dj basically and i was singing a lot <laughs> on the trip uh which also uh, highlighted and made me think of one of my special skills my spe- one of my special skills is remembering lyrics to songs oh yeah um like we were playing some random 90s songs on this trip stuff that I hadn't heard at least for five or 10 years. And I could just remember the lyrics. And I like this a lot. Like a couple of days ago, I was listening to an album that I I liked when uh, I was in my late teens, early twenties by a band called the kooks. And I haven't listened to it in years, and I could remember all of the words to the songs. Like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm pretty good at remember like learning lyrics quite quickly, and then they stick in my head for a very, very long time.
1: Hmm. That's that's impressive. It's,
0: it's one of it's one of my party tricks, but you can't really do anything with it. <laughs> it's one of the things that I can do.
1: Yeah, um, I only ever sing along, um, when I'm by myself because I have a terrible singing voice and I'm super embarrassed by it. Um, or it, every great once in a while, if I'm not thinking about it, when Aaron's in the car. Sometimes I'll allow it. Um, In terms of things that I have to sing when they come on, hmm, I'm not that big into lyrics, as we discussed on the aforementioned uh, Inquisitive episode. Um, So I I do sing along, you know, kind of absentmindedly, but but lyrics don't mean that much to me, so it's not that big a deal. Um, And so I probably get a lot of them wrong as well. Um, The Seal album that I think... um, that I think I brought up on that episode, which is an unplugged album um, I would say that I typically want to sing along with that because it's so, not to say I can sing anything like seal, but his his notes are within my range generally speaking I, I don't know anything about music so that probably doesn't make any sense, but I feel like I can sing along with it, even though I would never do it in front of anyone um, and so i I guess that's the first thing that jumps to mind is something that i have to sing along as long as no one else is there <laughs> <laughs> that one is that was not that one awful. of the
0: songs actually that came on and i was oh, yeah? surprised as to how much of that i remembered but i do love that song though.
1: it is a great great song and that one is one that most people get the lyrics wrong if memory serves because it's i always want to say grave kiss from a rose on the grave but it's actually gray i believe or maybe vice versa i don't know
0: oh i always say grave so this is the thing like i'm not 100 percent sure that all of my well i know not all of my lyrics are 100 percent correct but mm-hmm. i at least fill in the words of what i believe are always the words if that mm-hmm. makes sense yeah so like i'm singing something and i mean it's probably not always correct but i at least remember what i thought i knew
1: Yeah, I hear that. I think um, if memory serves, it was seal that refused to publish his lyrics because of that very reason. Like if you think it's grave and you built this, like, uh, I don't know if if that meant a lot to you, the kiss from a rose on the grave. And and that was powerful. And you love that lyric. And then you go flipping through at the time, you know, the CD liner notes, whatever they are, and you see, oh, it's gray. Then that kind of ruins it, and so yeah, his opinion, I, I
0: don't want to know it's gray if it's gray. Exactly. I want it to be grave forever because that's much cooler. That's a nice. Right. That's a nice image. Like, why would he <laughs> go with gray? Grave is way better,
1: right? And, and it could be that I have that I have this wrong, but the point is still still stands, right? And so I'm pretty yeah. sure it was Seal that said he didn't like publishing lyrics because he doesn't want to ruin it for people. So excellent all right well i think that's it for this week but please people um more relay your feels we love the relay your feels and uh and we love answering those questions so please um please send them in and uh we will let mike play you out (laughs) oh goodness well i'm glad to have you back glad to have you back Mike.